It's Allie along with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo, and we want to welcome you to the Mulberry Lane Show. Happy Labor Day weekend, and guys, it's time to level up your life. That's right, Rachel. You know, you can try to figure out things on your own, or you can get advice from people who have been there and done that. And we love bringing you this show full of artists willing to share their journey with you to put you on the fast track to your dreams. Mm -hmm. And stick around for the next hour. High speed escalator right this way. Let's go. Let's get to the guest, sisters. Let's do it, Bo. The Mulberry Lane Show's on. Celebrity story songs. You're gonna have it going on when we tell you who's stopping by now. Up first, Jesse Valenzuela with Gin Blossoms. Now you know Gin Blossoms from the 90s hits like this. And this one. My favorite, this one. Of course, Allie. I didn't know I was lost at the time on Allison Road. Now, if you've ever fought those negative voices in your head, you know the ones that tell you you're not good enough and you're never going to reach that goal. Jesse has some unique advice about how to combat those thoughts. And get this, it's not about you. <laughs> Hear what he has to say. You're going to be high-fiving the speakers. <laughs> Oh, guys, and you got to hear what the inspiration behind Allison Road is. You're going to be surprised at this, but I kind of think Jesse's trying to make some brownie points here. <laughs> you think? All right, sisters, who's up next? Okay, well, what happens when you combine ancient history, mysticism, and British humor? Well, of course, you get the new series on the Smithsonian Channel called Mystic Britain. Well, you guys are going to meet the star and host of the show, Brit comedian, radio, and TV personality, Clive Anderson. Now, he's hosted the British version of Whose Line Is It Anyway for many years. And if you've ever wondered how to be a little bit funnier in your life, Clive is your guru today. Mm-hmm. Take notes. All right, Allie, who's next? Well, who is perhaps the best-known, most successful, and loved romance novelist today? Hmm. Sylvia Day is her name, and her new book, Butterfly and Frost, is out now. Now, we had a whole whopping five minutes with this prolific writer, and we tried to pack it all in. You're going to hear about the book, and bonus, if you're going through a stage in your life where maybe you're at the height of your career or earning potential, but you're needed at home, Sylvia recently navigated this in her life and shares the struggles, decisions, and doubts of her path. Yep, we get to all this in five minutes, but the important thing is she was there for her family when they needed her, and three years later, she's back in the game, just where she left. She'll be honest about this journey, so if you're going through this, you won't feel alone. Major props to Sylvia for her honesty. So guys, it's Labor Day weekend, all the pools close after this weekend, so I've been trying to get the kids out to the pool as much as possible before the doors close on this chapter of summer. You gotta splash it up while you can. Yes, that's true. I read this article early in the summer that says it's so important for kids to get out of their wetsuit so you don't get a UTI. So I kind of harped on this with the kids all summer long. Okay. So this past weekend, we were at the pool, and we were going home. I needed to stop at the store. My youngest kid, Casey, says, Mom, you know, we better stop home and change out of our wet swimsuits I don't want to get an ACT <laughs> you're like you're gonna get an ACT someday before you graduate from high school that's right 
So I'm like, hmm, I might rather have a UTI than have to take the ACT, honestly. <laughs> well, Mama, you got the right message across, just the wrong acronym. Yes. <laughs> that could be dangerous. I was just going to say that. All right, guys, we'll stick right there. <laughs> FYI, we have a really good guest coming up. We have Jesse Valenzuela with Gin Blossoms right around the corner. BRB. <laughs> right here with your radio sisters, hey. Rachel Bowen Alley. ASAP on TMLS, the Mulberry Link Show. This segment is brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology, advanced comprehensive medical, surgical, and cosmetic dermatologic care. BraddockFinnegan.com. It's your weekend getaway, guys. You're hanging out here on the Mulberry Lane Show. It's Allie along with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo. Glad you're here with us. Gin Blossoms brought you songs like Hey Jealousy, Found Out About You, and Allie's favorite, Allison Road. And these guys are coming through the heartland to play the hits this weekend. Hang out with Jesse Valenzuela of Gin Blossoms right now. Welcome, welcome to the show. Jesse Valenzuela of Gin Blossoms. I love that. Yay. You guys need to sing it in Spanish. Oh, yeah. Bam, bam, I love it. <laughs> we'll have to work on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now your latest album is Mixed Reality. And that was your first album in eight years. And you guys worked with Don Dixon, new producer on yeah. this. It was a nice record to make. It was a very democratic record. We didn't have a record label. Everybody got to uh, pick out three or four songs they wanted to record. And that's how we did it. Was that a little refreshing to be able to do it in a way that was kind of even? Sure. Very democratic. Okay. We call it the record democracy. There you go. <laughs> so now, not having a record label, did that take some pressure off? Oh, I don't think so. I think it probably would have been about the same record either way. Okay. But it was nice, and we sort of have done our records ourselves. Well, when we were on A&M, we would have a, a label and an A&R person. That would it's check nice. in with you guys? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So you guys have broken up and gotten back together. Some of you have done solo or done things with other groups. But everybody seems to always come back in a different iteration. But what do you think it is that pulls you guys back to Gin Blossoms? Well, I think we just took some time off a couple times. Just one time. Okay. We've just known each other for so long. We never really spent that much time apart from each other. So you missed each other? No, not at all. <laughs> Maybe the, the bond of history? <laughs> the bond of history. Yeah, these are my, like, my sisters. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's kind of like being sisters. We're like, we're like the Andrews sisters. You can't get away from them. Can't like get family. Away from them. They're there at dinner. They're there at breakfast. That's right. Yeah. So now let's go back to the song, Hey Jealousy, because how many videos did you do for that song? We did cheap one, cheap one, and then another one. Okay. And that was... We kept that was, trying until it stuck. Right. But that was kind of at a time when record labels really worked records. We were part of a group of, uh, you know, our contemporaries really had that sort of last push with record companies. It doesn't mm -hmm. exist that way anymore. No. Yeah. Are you pretty happy about the way things have gone in the record business, or do you think that the old way was better? I don't think they could sustain the old way. Uh-huh. Because it's changed so much. As you well know, you were on MCA. Yep. And I'm sure you saw the transition at the time you were making records there. We lived it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we lived it. Yeah, you lived it. You were right there in the, the meltdown. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, I had a solo deal during that time. It was really hard to get things going. Mm-hmm. It was just that, you know, nothing stays the same, does it? So um, I'm, I'm fine now. I think that, you know, the young people still figure out a way to make music. It's, available, it's important to them, so they make it themselves. I guess, you know, things have changed. My son's 19, and he likes music. He's, I don't think he wants to do it for a living. Mm-hmm. So would you want him to go in the music business? Sure, if he wanted to. If he wanted to. I think, honestly, he's lived it. He grew up seeing it, yeah. I don't think that the travel aspect is something he really would like for his whole life. Okay. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Jesse Valenzuela of Gin Blossoms here on the Mulberry Lane Show. And you guys travel a lot. We do. And still. And is that something you still enjoy and love, or is that part of what you do? It's part of what I do. It'd be nice to be home more. I, I, maybe I, I need to create a radio show like you guys have. Like <laughs> well, you know, one of the reasons we did this, because we have kids, you know, we didn't want to have to travel anymore, so. I think that's brilliant. It really is. <laughs> it, it is. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. No, and I looked on your site. It looks fantastic. You guys, you figured out a really nice gig. Thank you. It's nice to hear that. (laughs) Yes, it's nice to get some validation. (laughs) You know, I think you always see things other people are doing and you're like, oh, we could have gone that route. We could have gone that route. But at the end of the day, you do have to come to a place where you're happy with how things are going. Well, you sure got to try. Yeah, true. Yeah. Do your best, I think. I I suspect that's the truth. So now are you guys, would you say you're more on the perfectionist side of things? Perfectionist? Yeah. No, uh, well, I'm certainly not. Okay. I don't think you can even come close to it. So I was just trying to figure, uh, if you capture something and it be enjoyable, then I think you should leave it alone. Okay. So you're kind of go-with-the-flow type. I would think so. Mm-hmm. I, I would think it's a much happier pursuit. Yes, a lot less self-pressure. Yeah, I don't think that perfection exists, really. I've never seen it. Yeah. Uh, not in music, anyways. Maybe I've seen some paintings that seem perfect. Ah. But maybe not to the painter. <laughs> but maybe not to the painter. And you so know what? See, and this is interesting to talk to you because you're a group of people. And, and most music is done in a group. You know, it's not a singular or a solitary pursuit like painting or, or writing, a, writing a book or something. So I think whenever you work in a collection of people, you have to, there has to be some give and take. And obviously, one person's vision is going to look a little bit different than the others. So... It was better to pull back and realize if you can get close to something that makes everyone happy, then you're probably winning. Got to repeat that one one more time. When you're working in a group, sometimes you got to pull back because when you get close to something that makes everyone happy, then you're probably winning. Stay tuned for more jangly pop wisdom with Jesse Valenzuela with Gin Blossoms on the other side of the break, right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Tell me, do you think it'd be alright If I could just crash here tonight You can see I'm no sheep for driving And anyway, I've got no place to go It's you know it might not be that bad You were the best I'd ever had If I hadn't blown the whole thing years ago I may not be alone Tomorrow we can drive around this town And let the cops Something might be found to take it 
Well, Dr. Mary Finnegan of Braddock Finnegan Dermatology is here to tell you about Aqua Gold. So Aqua Gold is a small vial that has small stainless steel needles that are finer than a human hair in which we can leave product in the surface of the skin. The procedure takes about 15 minutes for the whole face. It gives a very dewy look, an airbrushed look. There's mild redness, otherwise no downtime at all. Aqua Gold at Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. That's BraddockFinnegan.com. Recently on the Mulberry Lane Show, we had Aaron Lewis, solo artist, also with the band Stained. And before we get back to things, Aaron has a special greeting for your Labor Day weekend. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Just want to wish all y'all out there getting it done a happy Labor Day. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show. I'm Bo, here with my sisters, Rachel and Allie. Jesse Valenzuela, hanging out with you this weekend. He's with 90s jangle pop sensation, Gin Blossoms talking all about the dynamics of working in a group. Let's jump right back in with Jesse Valenzuela of Gin Blossoms. Okay, so now in the group dynamic, were you one that would pull back or were you one that when you really felt something strongly, you would really push for it? Well, we're lucky in, in the aspect of, in the Jim Blossoms, if you write a song, you can get it presented the way you would like it. Okay. Nice. That's a good rule. Is that, was that a spoken rule, or was that just kind of an understood thing? It was a spoken rule, but it, it has to be restated. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has to be reminded we, every we, once in a while. Yeah, we get yeah. that. <laughs> this yeah. is my song. <laughs> yeah. It, hold on. Sorry, but You have to restate once in a while. It's like, no, that's not the melody. No, there's no solo there, or whatever it is, you know. But everybody tries to remain very respectful of the other person's uh, composition. I don't really tell people what to play. I just bring a song and I sing it, and it's like, I play differently than the other guys play, and and I'm smart enough to realize, if I built the the construct, that uh, that I'd be smart to let them bring what they bring back to it. You give each other space. To do it try to yeah sure yeah but there's still some you know squabble right always is mm-hmm. yeah when you tour how many buses you travel together uh we travel together on a bus and how is that after so many years it's probably what you suspect i, w- I want to hear you know we're grown 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 <laughs> old <laughs> okay and, uh, you know 100, 120 shows a year out with each other. I think everybody tries to be respectful to each other, but I think a lot of times the guys, if you can get off the bus and go see your family for a couple of days, they, everybody takes that opportunity, whatever okay. they can. Yes. Okay. So are there any bus rules as well that you have to remind each other about? We'd rather, really rather not have a bunch of people on the bus after the show. Uh-huh. And it's be nice to respect everybody's backstage right after the show, meaning if you have a... I'm in Salt Lake tonight and have some friends coming, so I'd probably wait a few minutes before I brought some friends backstage. Yep. So everybody can decompress after the show. Just basic. Just, just courtesies. Just basic courtesy. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like sisters. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> Sis, you kind of like, are like sisters. sisters. We're a lot like sisters. <laughs> we pull each other's hair. That's right. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, Jesse Valenzuela of Gin Blossoms here on the Mulberry Lane Show. For our listeners, can you take one of the Gin Blossoms hits and tell maybe a behind-the-scenes story, either about the writing of it, the recording of it, or something that would be an interesting 
tidbit to hear about Something one of your songs. Something we wouldn't have heard or read anyplace else. Uh, let me think. Something interesting. You could pick Allison Road because that's my favorite because it's my name. Oh, well, uh, well it was, this will interest you then because it was written about you. It was <laughs> written for you. <laughs> I always thought so. so. That, that's a story oh, that I've never told. Okay? <laughs> now I have the recording of you to prove it. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. Yeah on the show we always like to encourage our listeners to keep up their creative pursuits and follow their dreams so any advice for keeping creativity alive especially you know even in the mundane of being on the road and finding places or inspiration for creativity well i think it's nice of you to um to encourage that it is people need kind words you know every day they have to be reminded uh I'll tell you this interesting story. Okay. There's a very famous uh, Nashville songwriter. I won't drop his name, but he, you would certainly know who he is. Okay. Anyways, we were talking one time at breakfast, and he told me he had not been very good in school, like a lot of musicians, right? Uh-huh. And he, he came from kind of a tough background, and he was doing his best. And he said that when he was young, about 11 or 12, he was playing guitar a little bit, and that um, a friend of his friend. Somebody in his circle, an adult, said to him, you know, you do pretty good at that. That sounds pretty good, you playing guitar and you sing nice. And he said that at his young age, hearing some kindness from somebody, said it's all he needed. That meant the world to him. Yeah, and he said, still to this day, it makes him feel terrific. And and I think that that random act of kindness by uh, a friend of the family created a whole career a really beautiful songwriter and i think that that's how we should approach that's really good words of affirmation yep like you gave us earlier see you live with that yes you do live that because you said you like the idea of our radio show well there you go it's a it's a nice world and i think that these real sweet moments make everything better i agree i love it and so we will remind our listeners to keep their creativity alive. They need to encourage others as well. Exactly. Encourage others because then someone's going to encourage you. And invariably, people are probably a little bit better than they think they are mm-hmm. because uh, self-criticism can be so blindingly hurtful. Yes. Mm-hmm. We need to talk over those voices in our own heads that discourage us. They are because they're not necessarily even our own voices. And they're not necessarily yeah. true either. <laughs> they're not necessarily true. And a lot of times it's from something you heard somewhere else. That so true. It just keeps coming back to haunt you. So, yep. yeah, let's go out there and, uh, and, and write that song or write the movie or whatever we want to do. Yes. I support you 100%. And affirm each other. I love it. Great words, Jesse. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining the show. It was a pleasure. Do you guys sing me off now? Because I would like that. We don't typically. Could you work something up for me? Yeah, so goodbye, we Jesse. Goodbye. Yeah. Maybe you could sing Adelie. We'll do. And goodbye, goodbye to you, Jesse Valenzuela. <laughs> <laughs> now you are the very first person we have ever sung off the show. <laughs> I'm honored and touched. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. You're welcome back anytime. 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 I'd love it. You guys be well now. Jesse Valenzuela of Gin Blossoms. Next up, we're mashing mysticism and British humor. British TV, radio host, and comedian Clive Anderson will tell you what's up. 
coming up next here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Taking you to break with the song that Gin Blossoms wrote for me, Allison Road. <laughs> We're never going to live this down. Jesse. <laughs> I've lost my mind Of what I'd find All of the pressure that left behind On Allison Road Fools in the rain Till the sun gets through Fires in the heaven of the eyes I knew On Allison Road It's Allie here with the Mulberry Lane Show. And did you know you can be a part of our free email list every week where you'll get more sister fun, links to archived radio shows, tips on creativity for your life, and real connection. All you have to do is text the word Mulberry to the number 22828, and then you enter in your email. So join the free Mulberry Lane email newsletter, and we'll land in your inbox once a week. Text the word Mulberry to 22828. Now, country artist Thomas Rhett has been with you before here on the Mulberry Lane Show. And before we move on to our next guest, Thomas has this message for you. This is Thomas Rhett to all you hardworking people. I hope you have a great Labor Day. Get fueled up right here with brand new ideas. Thanks for hanging out with your radio sisters. I'm Rachel here with Bo and Allie. Let's get back to it. Mysticism and British humor. What more could you want out of a new series? Well, guys, you need to check out Smithsonian Channel's Mystic Britain that digs into the sights and customs of the ancient Britons. And when you add award-winning comedian, TV, and radio host Clive Anderson, who is host of the long-running improv classic, Whose Line Is It Anyway? You got yourself some satisfying TV. Now, Clive is joining your weekend right now to catch you up on Mystic Britain. Welcome, welcome to the show, Clive Anderson. Well, that's, that's lovely. I've never been sung onto a show like that. That's fantastic. Yay, glad we could be the first. <laughs> yeah. So now you have to tell us about this series, Mystic Britain. Uh, you're right, I do a range of different things in broadcasting, which doesn't make a lot of sense even to me. <laughs> I do comedy and I do uh, talk shows and some more serious programs. This is sort of more serious. It's okay. looking at ancient sites in Britain and ancient mysteries, trying to work out what was going on in things like Stonehenge, you know, who, who built the stones, why are they there, and other ones which are just a pile of bones, you know, which have been mutilated after death wow. in the, just a few hundred years ago. Why were they interfering with bodies after death? Right. What was going on? So right. there's generally a story in each of the episodes. There's a whole range of different things. Did anything really creep you out? I wouldn't say I was uh, creeped out, but uh, the impressive one was the 11,000-year-old one because or we discovered these face masks made out of deer antlers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they were used in some sort of shamanic ceremonies to try and get in touch with the spirit world. So they put me with a, a sort of shamanic practitioner okay. to see if I could make contact with the whole thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did you make contact with anything? I'm not either? sure I did. I did my best. You know, with okay. a TV camera in your face as well, it doesn't right. really help. <laughs> in another episode, I did discover, though, that I can do something called dousing. You know, when you have, like, two little metal bars in your uh, your hand? Okay. Do, do, do you know what I mean by that? You, you start looking for water, underground water sources. <gasps> okay, things, yeah. And these metal things swing around. Uh-huh. It turns out I have that power. You have that talent. And, uh, wow. But there was a guy there doing it, and he said, well, you know, some people can do it, some people can't. You have a go. And I could find all the mystic 
energy lines which are around some standing stones, and uh, and it's repeatable. It's not just it just happened one-off times. I, uh, so wow! So my, you learned something about yourself. Spirit, yeah, I was getting in touch <laughs> with my spiritual side, which nobody's ever really suspected before. <laughs> you can you can add to your um, list uh, of accomplishments exactly, and your <laughs> list of things that you can do, right? Yes. So now you were a lawyer. But you really hit it big when you became an entertainer. So talk about, you know, that point in your life where, you know, you were probably hankering to get more into the comedy TV world, but you had this steady well, job as a barrister. I'm not sure how hankery I was. It's just that while I was being a lawyer, I used to write uh, jokes for people and I even did a bit of stand-up comedy. Okay. And I think that would have stayed that way in a very small way, but I just stumbled into doing a radio program they needed somebody the next night to present a radio program with an audience there and everything and i had a poor social life so i was available <laughs> and so i did it and then i got a couple of other programs and then one of them was whose line is in anyway which turned into a tv program and then i got a talk show to do and uh, on that sort of foundation i've built a yes. rickety practice of a bit so of comedy kind of, a bit of serious it kind of happened organically really it did it did and i mean when, when you say this to people they they look at me a bit askance and say, well, I bet you had a master plan. You were putting things uh-huh. in place. But I wasn't. It was just uh, stumbling into things, really. Uh-huh. And taking the opportunities. You yes. started in radio, then you went to TV. So what skills yes. did you take from radio to TV, and what new things did you have to learn when you made that switch? Well, uh, that's a good question, these skills. I think when I was doing Who's Line on the radio, I think I was reasonably good at sort of bouncing ideas off the audience and improvising things and giving to improvisers to do. Uh-huh. And then we did that on television, which is slightly less forgiving medium for that sort right. of thing. I think I looked a bit unusual. I don't think I looked quite like the usual TV presenter. And then I got to interview people in a my kind of way. It's, Sometimes it works, sometimes I annoy people. It's just, okay. uh, just the luck of the draw. But, but you're comfortable with that. <laughs> I'm reasonably comfortable with that. I've just, been, I've just been doing a show. I've been at the Edinburgh Festival the last month doing a stage version of Who's Line and also sort of stand-up comedy show of my own. And okay. in that, I go over some of my failures on, te- you know, disasters on television, okay. which is always much more fun to talk I about bet. than successes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Comedian, radio, and TV host Clive Anderson here on the Mulberry Lane Show, telling you all about the Smithsonian Channel's new show, Mystic Britain. Have you always kind of seen the funny side of things, or did life develop that in you? No, I think I've always seen the funny side of things, and I, I mean... I didn't realize that everybody uh, didn't do that, if you know what I mean. Okay. But as, as perhaps you know yourself, it's, it's great when you can, you can parlay enjoyable bits of your life into um, you right. know, making a career out of it. That yes, so true. I bet you used to sing at home, didn't you? Oh, um, all the time. And, yeah, now, so you can, now you can do it introducing me. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so now speak to that a little bit, because like, you know, there are people who are more serious, and I know a lot of people wish they were more funny. Do you have any tips that people can do in their lives to help them see the humor? One aspect of doing it is you just say the, the first thing that comes into your head before you put a control mechanism on it. That is um, Obviously, that can be dangerous. Right. Or you speak the truth about something and you say, oh, this is, uh, this is a disaster here. Or, you know, I wish I hadn't said... You know, any, anything like that can be funny. The English language is quite good for playing around with words as well. You can triple or double, triple, quadruple right. meaning of a word. Uh-huh. Always be alive to the possibilities there, I, uh-huh. I think. But That's a great tip. Some, I some people like that sort of thing, some people don't. But it's a bit like somebody saying, well, how can you sing? You know, uh, yeah. To an extent, we can all sing, but we can't all sing 
as well as proper singers. Yeah, right. that's singer true. Comedy, I think. But I think about what you're saying. So many people have that editor where they think, should I say that? Should I not? You know. Yeah. But, but I do think if you just kind of get rid of that filter, mm. good, humor. either funny or dangerous, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> now you hosted the legendary improv show. Whose line is it anyway? So, you know, you get to see up close and personal all the inner workings of what went on and, you know, glitches and everything. So Mm. I think improv is such a good skill. How can we bring that skill of improv into our own lives? And what things could you take from that skill set that would help people in their normal lives? Yeah, I think people who are good at improvisation in that sort of in that entertaining way, you know, they have to be very quick and use their imagination as uh, what's going on. So both of those are useful things to okay. be able to do. It's more of a craft. I've just been doing a stage version of Who's Line, and uh, that's, you know, that's quite a discipline as well because on television you can record a lot and maybe edit out the worst bits, but if you're doing a stage show in front of, a, you know, hundreds of people, um, you've got to get it right, you know, first, right. first off. You have to go, you have to go with it. <laughs> and yeah. then... Before we let you go, what do you hope people take away from Mystic Britain? I hope they're entertained by it, yeah, and you learn a lot of stuff. It's a palatable way of learning things. I think quite a lot of us lessons at school might be about history or even archaeology, if you do those sort of anthropology, can be a bit dry. But right. uh, sometimes if it's, it's put onto television, I have a co-host, she's called Marianne Ochotta, and she's, she's very knowledgeable, and uh, so she's there for her knowledge and for her beauty and interest. But I'm there for balance. So it really <laughs> brings it to life. With It does. Yeah. It does. You get a lot of good stories. I get to talk to quite a lot of experts. I try to ask the questions that you know, the viewer would want to ask uh-huh. and then make them as yeah. interesting and as lively as possible. So, so basically you're uh, a storyteller in every aspect of your life, really. I suppose that's true. But some of these stories are other people's stories from hundreds or thousands of years ago. And you're trying to work out what did happen. Why is there a wrinkled body that's been pickled in a, in a <laughs> bog for hundreds of years. Why, why did he die? Why has he been killed three times, not one time? Was he killed because he was the king or because of human sacrifice? Wow. What? Well, the answers to all these questions, Mystic Britain. <laughs> Thank you so much, Clive Anderson, for joining the show. Thank you for having me. Check out Mystic Britain, airing on the Smithsonian Channel, Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central. Up next, perhaps the world's most popular romance novelist, Sylvia Day, talks about her new novel. And if you've ever had to step away from what you love to do because your family needs you, you'll definitely want to hear this interview with Sylvia Day. On the other side of the break, keep it right here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show. You make me laugh. Rachel here. Just want to give you a personal invitation to get in on more sister fun music and highlights from the radio show. You can head on over to our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, The Mulberry Lane Show. We love having you here and we'd love to meet you over there for more positivity, creativity, and true connection. Before we get to our next guest, you've heard from Florida Georgia Line on our show before, and they have this to tell you about your Labor Day weekend. Hey, what's up, y'all? We're Florida Georgia Line, and to all you hardworking people, happy Labor Day. We love y'all. Find the harmony here on the Mulberry Lane Show. I'm Bo. Welcome back. 
Well, Sylvia Day is one of the all-time best-selling and most well-known romance novelists. She follows her own path, and after a hiatus from writing, she's back with her new book, Butterfly and Frost. Now, if you've ever dealt with things in your personal life that pull you away from your job or your line of work, you'll love hearing from Sylvia today about the book and, more importantly, how to approach the ups and downs of life. Welcome, welcome to the show, Sylvia Day. Hi. Well, I mean, who's going to live up to that? (laughs) I have a feeling Butterfly and Frost will live up to that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you have to tell us. Now, this is brand new characters for you. So talk a little bit about the book. So Butterfly and Frost introduces readers to Dr. Tegan Ransom. And we quickly discover that Tegan is suffering from depression, okay. which for her can sometimes be debilitating. So she's restructured her entire life to cope with this. Okay. She's kind of created a safe space for herself. She's kind of withdrawn, but she's created like a serene space for her. Mm-hmm. And so she's not exactly thrilled when she gets a new neighbor next door, Garrett Frost, mm-hmm. who is loud and passionate. He's an artist who paints the loud music. He shows up at inopportune moments, um, and he's, he's in pursuit. Okay. <laughs> he sees her, and, and he's, uh, he's drawn to her. He's drawn to this very nurturing nature that she has. Okay. And she, underneath all of this kind of bold bluster that he has, she recognizes kind of a kindred soul, somebody who is also um, suffering. And so they come together, and, and she thinks, you know, maybe I, I can take a page from his book. Maybe I can learn to be a little bit more passionate, put myself out there a little bit more. And maybe he can learn to take a step back and, uh, and have some quiet space, be a little bit more introspective. Uh-huh. Maybe we can learn a little bit from each other, and maybe together we can be happy. Maybe we can turn this corner together, and maybe on the other side there's a brighter future. Maybe there's hope. Maybe... There's happiness. Yeah, yeah. Perfect setup. Mm-hmm. So now what I want to get into is you have been phenomenally successful as a writer. Kind of chart your own path. You don't stay with one publisher. You're constantly making different deals for different books. But more than that, you recently took a hiatus to take care of some family members. And I think so many people find themselves in that position, maybe you know, at the height of their career or when they're really getting a lot done. And you have to step back and make those choices. So I just would like you to speak to that for maybe someone who might be going through that in their own life, what that looked like for you and how you came through it with your creativity and new ideas. It was, it was difficult, I'm not going to lie. Um, and I think the most difficult aspect of it was just kind of getting the rest of my team on board, uh-huh. um, getting you know, my literary agent you know, to get her to see that it was time for me to take a step back, that my family needed me. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I needed to be there for them, that I wasn't going to be any good to anybody else being divided. Um, And then at that point, you know, to have that discussion with my publishers, because, you know, for them, especially in the romance genre, being prolific is very important. It's expected. So then there's that pressure on you, too, to step away and lose that schedule. Yes, yes, yes. And you hear that, you know, and that's another hard thing. You've got these voices that are saying, well, you know, readers are going to forget about you. They're not going to be there for you when you come back. You, know, mm-hmm. you really can't take that time off. You know, maybe you need to just take some time and just knock a book out. And it's, no, no, no. I, that's not how it's done. Uh, it's not fair to readers to get something that you just slap together. 
Um, if your heart's not in it, your heart's not in it. Yeah. And it's not fair to my family to say, listen, you guys need to, you know, hold on a minute while, you know, I, I, I go run and do this. Right. Um, it's important to sometimes, you know, if you can give a little bit here and there. And as women, we wear so many yes. hats and uh -huh. and we feel and, and we put that pressure <laughs> on ourselves. Yes, yes, we do. And, it, you know, it's hard to sit there and say, well, I got to take this hat off today and I have to take my cape off today and I have to do this. And maybe I'm just going to wear this one role for a while and and. Does that make me less of a person? You know, uh -huh. am I am I failing somebody? Right. By, am I letting other people down? Away? Right. Yes. Was this a definite decision for you? Like, did you have to do soul searching before you decided, or did you know it? No, I knew it. Okay, I knew it. You came back with the beautiful book, and readers are showing up for it. We're here for you. So, Sylvia, thanks Thank for you. sharing your time with us. Thank you. Best-selling author Sylvia Day with her latest book, Butterfly in Frost. Yes, and not just any best-selling novelist of romance best-selling novelist. Some might argue the best kind. <laughs> Staring at the blank page before you Open up the dirty window Let the sun illuminate the words that you For our favorite part of the show, this is show notes. Let's get to it. Now, show notes are your radio sister's favorite part of the show. We cut to the chase and get down to the best pieces of advice from each guest on the show. Now, first today, you heard from Jesse Valenzuela of Gin Blossoms. What did he have to say, Rachel? Well, he said kind words of encouragement or affirmation can go a long way towards someone fulfilling their dreams. He talked about the critical voices in our heads can really be cruel. So words of affirmation really help us along our path. Remember to affirm others' journeys, and in turn, you will be affirmed. Sometimes the generous approach can really open up the possibilities. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't see that one coming from a band that has the hit, Hey Jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's all about encouragement, not jealousy. Exactly. All right, Clive Anderson is next. What do you have to say, Allie? Now, Clive is the host of Mystic Britain on Smithsonian Channel, and this British comedian gave you tips on how to be funnier in your life. The first tip, he said, is say the first thing that comes to your head. But he does warn, this can be dangerous. <laughs> so many times, guys, the editor in our head shuts us up, right? Well, you just might want to wave goodbye to that editor. <laughs> and be prepared to take the consequences. Or the laughter. His second tip, all about being funny, he said, always be alive to the possibilities of playing around with words. He said, play around with the English language when our words have double meanings and even triple meanings. A bona fide way to go if you want that laugh. And Rachel, what's the third thing he said? You can never go wrong by being honest. If you're saying what everyone else is thinking or if you just tell the truth, sometimes that can be disarmingly funny. His example was when things are going wrong and everyone's trying to cover it up, you just out and out say, this is a disaster. Mm -hmm. Gotta tell it like it is. To sum it up, say the first thing that comes in your head, play around with words, and be honest. And you're well on your way to being a British comedian. <laughs> 
Okay, girls, what's the last tip of the day? All right, Sylvia Day, best-selling romance novelist. You just heard from her. Now, she took a three-year hiatus from writing to take care of her family. Now, if you're going through this in your life, she says she's not going to lie. It's hard. But she didn't want to give half of herself to her readers and half to her family. She chose family, and now she's back with Butterfly and Frost, her latest novel. And the most important thing is, if you make the decision to choose family, she said, don't feel like less of a person for choosing one side of your life. That mental perspective is so important if you're going through this. You said it, Rachel. Okay, guys, that's a wrap for this episode. You have to tune in next week. We love giving you these tips that will put you well on your way to your dreams. Don't miss the next episode. We'll be right here. We'll be waiting. Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a wrap. Happy Labor Day, guys. Who's gonna find a missing piece and make this puzzle fit? Who's gonna miss the rocks ahead and keep the ship adrift? Who's gonna say the magic words to shake us from the dust? Who's gonna say that it's gonna come down to us? Who's gonna find the treasure map and lead us to the goal? Who's gonna give us answers to questions we don't know? Who prescribes the magic pill to fortify the trust? Who's gonna take it? Spontaneously combust Who's gonna tame it? It's gonna come down to us